When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Imagine if you all will, if Travis Bickle had from Taxi Driver had instead not been a cab driver in New York City, but was instead a family man and an army chaplain, or just someone who experienced more of the world, you would get Reverend Toller from this movie first performed. What do you think about that, Ben? Does he still have a mohawk? <laughs> <laughs> Does can he be a priest with the mohawk? <laughs> How awesome would that be? Oh, with the sunglasses? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. First reformed, Ethan Hawke. Yes. We are going to talk about those parallels because that's exactly what I got from this is because this is from Paul Schrader. Yeah. First reformed is directed and written by Paul Schrader. Right. Who also wrote Taxi Driver. Legendary uh, yep. screenwriter who also uh, wrote uh, Raging Bull and yep. a number of other things. Now, he, as a director, he's had some bad stuff come out. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not been any anything of. Of note, that's for sure. But you know, I didn't know he directed the Canyons. That's basically a porn movie. Yeah, what was that? He all directed about? that. Yeah, I know. Oh. I saw it as IMDb. What the heck oh. was he doing? He's probably just an old man who's like, <laughs> Let's like get yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's interesting that he did that one. There's a lot of uh, you know great success earlier on in his career and uh, kind of middling success but wow comes back really strong with this film right yeah it's a it's a mature travis bickle in a sense right, right? Yeah. someone who knows more about life in the world he's not so travis was so naive you know it was well, almost like a teenager right, kind of yeah. thing and uh, and i'll just stop quickly but just to say that this the ethan Hawke character has real wisdom right well and even they bring up both of their ages in in the movie in uh, travis bickle was 26 he brings up and i think yeah. the, uh 46 46 yeah. yeah yeah so yeah 20 years of wisdom here yeah. so you know and obviously he had a wife and a kid before he lost the kid and then you know lost the wife with you know uh, you know lost the kid to death lost the wife you know through divorce cuz they couldn't deal with the pain and all that stuff so yeah it's it, obviously it got the parallels right away with him writing in the journal yeah. you know that was just like okay yeah this is <laughs> the not sleeping yeah the not sleeping yep the uh not taking care of yourself, oh, you know, God, yeah. the, you know, kind of self-destruction, the obsessions, the obsessions, the wanting to find meaning, the wanting to find purpose and to do something in the world. Totally Travis Bickle. Yeah. And in Bickle, he's looking for um, something that he confuses for a relationship with a woman uh, that never quite materializes. Right. And in this movie, uh, the Ethan Hawke character has already sort of passed that phase and cycle in his life yeah I mean, the, he rejects all female attention. right yeah this one he actually yeah rejects the woman who's like really going after him not uh, because she's filthy or degenerate or he feels inadequate but because she's like a stumbling block to right. what he wants to do with his life which is different than travis travis is frustrated by himself because right. he can't get seem to get out of his own way right and this is a much yeah much wiser much more mature version of that cell yeah kind of yeah when you get to that point with travis bickle not to go on a taxi driver uh tangent here but that's how i kind of kick this thing off no but, but it's, it's hard it's, not to but yeah when yeah. travis bickle like kicks over that tv and it breaks and he's just like god damn it you know he's just like <laughs> he just yeah he can't get out of his own head you know and everything yeah. and you know uh he, he can't change himself whereas yeah like like you said she's a stumbling block for him well now i have to ask how similar is that vest that Ethan Hawke wears to the army jacket that yeah. uh, Travis Bickle's wearing. Very similar Definitely. looking, right? Yeah. It's also, you know, the whole terrorist thing, you know, Travis Bickle's, you know, going to try to Political assassinate. Terror, yeah, yeah. He's going to try to assassinate the uh, the governor to try to make a, a stand against, you know, these men, whereas right. Ethan Hawke is doing it to take a stand against. Is he going <laughs> to become a jihadi? Yeah. For his cause? Right. 
what's happening here? And you don't know. And like uh, we've been uh, skipping ahead to the end in the last few episodes if you haven't noticed. But we really don't know what happens at the end, do we? No. Just cuts. It's a bit surreal. Yeah, there's music going on when it cuts too, and the music cuts too. <laughs> it's. I thought my TV it was broken. Just goes, I thought the same thing. Did I? Is something wrong with the copy that I have, right. or is something wrong here? Yeah. No, that's over. Yeah. It, it takes a second for the the credits to right, roll yeah. up. So it just all goes black. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? All going black? Is he dead? Right. Yeah. You know, are we yeah. dead? What happened? <laughs> definitely left ambiguous there yeah um yeah did the did the bo- the vest explode then or something right or, you know that he left you know because he wrapped himself in barbed wire we'll get to that we'll get to that oh um, crazy stuff i know um what do you think of ethan hawk so ethan hawk um i'm not, not been i i've not been not a fan but i've not been a huge fan of his but this movie man i yeah this might be the performance of the year for me personally. Uh, just jumping right in and saying that right away. Just uh, I was saying a little bit about Ryan Gosling's performance in our last episode, whatever our Black Klansman episode was. Right. Um, I was saying a little bit about his performance in First Man and just how I love the subtlety of it and everything. Ethan Hawke, kind of similar. Um, I loved the... I don't know, just the realism of his performance. Like, I totally bought him as this priest, and I bought him as this... Every emotion he portrayed, I just, I totally just was enamored by and just, like, was sucked in. And I don't know if it was the voiceover or what, but just... Yeah. The way he carried himself in this movie just totally just, like blew my mind and just again just mesmerized me well a bit of background on this is this a movie you've been telling me to watch for months yeah now? <laughs> and the way you got me to watch it was to schedule us to do a show on it <laughs> yep, I was like, yeah we're just gonna do a show on it and i'll tell you the reason why i was hesitant is it's ethan hawk playing a reverend i'm not that interested in that and yeah. christ i was wrong <laughs> i was so wrong you know just to say christ here but you know it's funny but uh, you know I was way off, and right. I wouldn't call myself a fan of his. Right, yeah. I would say the things that I know of his that I like is Boyhood, which I think the whole world yeah. likes, and uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which I think is really good. Yeah, uh, I would like to see that movie, one, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah great uh, year for movies. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Obviously a young Ethan Hawke in Dead Poet Society when he was like oh, a was he? Yeah. teenager or but whatever. But that's not really, but, I wouldn't call that yeah. Ethan Hawke movie. No, it's, it's definitely not a Robin Ethan Williams Hawk. movie. But you ever see Gattaca? Gattaca? Is that what not. it's called? Yeah, Gattaca. That's I haven't right. seen it. It's uh, Jude Law. Have you seen Training Day? Oh yeah, training. I liked him in Training Day. I never saw it. Really? Yeah, it's a good... No, I mean, it's it's good. It's... Good for you know obviously Denzel's performance and even Ethan Hawke's performance. Um, yeah, it's it's worth a watch for he sure. He feels like um, if there is a reverend that I'm going to approach and talk to, I would like it to be him. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I he, think that's just a great. The, the fact that I feel that way means he just yeah. nailed it. Well, because and I, I love that because they they show Amanda Seyfried you know approach him at the beginning you know and and you just he. He just embodies who that person should yeah. be, and just like accepts her. Like, oh, oh, you're you're pregnant. Congratulations! Like, you just, yeah, I want to approach him too. He's so approachable. But when he's writing in his journal, I would not approach this man <laughs> with some of the things he's, he's writing. Struggling, you know? yeah, he's struggling. But he absolutely. has he has pain. Yeah. Uh, he didn't set out to be a reverend. He was an army chaplain who comes from a family of army chaplains. That's not something you hear a lot about. No, right? definitely not. I didn't even realize that was like. Yeah, obviously, you know, you, that was you passed on traditions from, yeah. you know, generation to generation. His son died yeah. in Iraq. And yeah, he's describing how he uh, his wife was against it, but he, you know, pushed him to go into, a, uh, into he even brings up a war that was unethical and, right. you know, didn't... It couldn't justify... Yeah, it couldn't yeah. Yeah, justify the war or anything. And it was a family duty to go serve. Right. This is what we do. We go serve in the army and marines. We're chaplains. We, you know, we're like, uh, you know, men of God fighting with, fighting the good fight along with them, you know. And it failed, and he died, and it broke him. It broke his marriage, and he's still broken. Right. He doesn't have any furniture other than a chair and yeah. a stool and a simple bed. Yeah. His whole life is the church. That's all he's got, and right. his thoughts, and he's starting to struggle. 
He's strugg- He's struggling how to pray, right. how to talk to God. Well, he like he feels like he's like he's writing things down because he doesn't want to say them out loud. Yeah, you know. I, well, and I love how he brings up I would say an experiment and everything, and he's going to do this for twelve months. And I like how they, you know, right away Paul Schrader's like, I really want a guy to be writing in a journal, but I'm going to bring up right away. I'm not going to do this digitally right. or everything. I'm going to do it longhand so my thoughts, you know, run freely or whatever. Um, so I loved that aspect. I love for some reason just that. I'm I think that's why I love. Yeah, I'm drawn in just it, the same reason I probably love Taxi Driver so much is just yeah him writing in his journal with the narration behind it and what he's what he's writing. I also um, love that opening shot moving into the church. That, that yeah, was really that was beautiful. really good. Yeah. Um, and I and I going back to you know kind of his performance and just some of the lines in this movie. It kind of reminds me of how you said you know when you were watching Amadeus F. Murray Abraham's performance, he has lines that you just want to rewind <laughs> yes. and do. I feel like this movie is the same way. Like I want to rewind what he just said and hear that again. Like, I did that a couple times. Yeah. I can't recite them off the top right, of my head, yeah. but yeah, it's it's incredibly well yeah. written. And even when you were saying about you said something about prayer just now. It just made me think of how he said like he's writing all this stuff as a reverend, and then he says, "If only I could pray." Yeah, like it's just like so right away. It's just like this man's conflicted, even with he's a reverend, but he's conflicted. He can't even pray himself. Like, and that's the beginning of the contrast, which is the this is the first Reformed church in some place in New York. Uh, yeah, not Al- the city. Al- Albany. Is it? Oh, is it Albany? Yeah, something like Albany County. Okay, it's yeah. one of the first. It's the it's the oldest church I believe in Albany County. And it's it was built in the what what late seventeen hundreds yeah. early eighteen hundreds yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like an original late seventeen hundreds. Nobody yeah. really goes there anymore. Whatever that denomination is, they have then built up a mega church yeah. called the Abundant Life right. or something like that within that same thing, which is just like a stadium, yeah. basically church. I mean, just this massive thing. It's a corporation church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and who the, the lead reverend there is uh, played by Cedric the Entertainer, who I thought fit this role perfectly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I could I see was, him being that guy. Yeah, me right? too. Yeah, because I mean, that totally bought that. Only a guy like that can go speak right. in front of five thousand people and keep them entertained. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's not Ethan yeah. Hawke. Uh, but I, I, we start seeing the contrast between this small thing uh, that Ethan Hawke believes. I think he believes that this is pure. This is really the right way to worship God versus this almost corporate deal, mm-hmm. this business. And in there, they're telling everyone, everything you say is a prayer. Right. Prayer is easy. Everything is easy there. But back at First Reformed, everything is hard. Right. And there's a lesson there. You know, small, hard, that's good. Right. You know, big and easy, that's not, it's not authentic. Right, exactly. And well, they even like bring up weird values of it. Cedric the Entertainer, he's doing like a telecast of some sort and he says like anxiety, that means you're, you know... That means you're you're most likely wicked. You're no, you're not strong. Yeah, if you what are you anxiety. worried about? Yeah, yeah. And you, I thought well, that was really weird. Yeah, it rubbed me the wrong way. I was yeah. like, damn. All right, <laughs> like, yeah, it was just uh, so. Yeah, even their their values are like just like it's it's looking it's, down on everyone. Like this big, you know, it's been perverted. It's been right, corrupted. Yeah. And I think corruption is a a big theme in this movie too. Pollution, yeah. corruption. Oh, is the yeah. same. Pollution, absolutely. Pollution of the world, but co- pollution of humanity yeah you gotta you gotta keep the people who are you know giving you money happy you know when you you get to that diner scene with him and the uh uh, Ed Balk, who yeah. realized the church wouldn't be possible without this energy ceo right who's th- throwing out money and keeping everyone afloat and he's now dictating what the religion's gonna do well that's a problem mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Well, maybe yeah. the Reverend doesn't need to earn three hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Maybe he needs to just be, you know, Ethan Hawke, who's on a subsistence. That's right. more yeah. like being for God. God gets lost in this process. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And even yeah, because he like gives the sermon for you know Amanda Seyfried's husband, uh, who who died. He gives the sermon or you know the eulogy at this like waste plant or whatever, and. You know this bulk guy kind of owns the energy the energy company that's involved in that waste plant, and or he's one just of like, them. Yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah. he's just like, you know, but he's a big supporter of the church. So, and he gives money to the church. So he's paying their salaries, yeah. basically. Right. Yeah. He's paying the rent. He's paying the electric. Yeah. I mean, if this guy wasn't supporting it, that abundant life mega church, whatever it is, would not exist. Right. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, it's Cedric the Entertainer's there, like you know, like. 
oh, we'll, we'll fix this. Like, because that one guy, he like brings up, like, there's not going to be any politics, right? And then Ethan Hawke's like, well, you know, I was asked to give a sermon because this right. man died. And, it's the you know, 250th year commemoration of, right. of that church. They're going to have a, a, a ceremony. But it's not... It's not glory to God. It's not glory to the faith. It's just they're bringing in the mayor. They're bringing right. in the governor. They're bringing in the donors. They're going to bring in the the hotshot reverend, and they're going to simulcast it all over the place. Right. You know, they're going to fill the big church with people. Yeah, it's everything has been corrupted. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, you could see his his anger, his rage at right. all of that. You know, and he's struggling internally about. You know what's the right path, and everyone else has gone nuts. Right. You know, so he's at conflict, and then he gets sort of rejected by them. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, in I mean that that kind of brings me, you know, to, to why he has the conflict is because of Amanda Seyfried's husband. Yeah, we got to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. One of the so, most powerful scenes in the entire movie. <laughs> this makes it. Yeah, it's difficult to watch at some point, it's just because of some of the the truth that's brought up in the scene um you know so see yeah, amanda seyfried you know approaches him and says yeah you know my husband needs help he'd like to talk to somebody you so don't he, really know what's going on right. sorry to interrupt no, but just sorry. to say just a quick comment about the writing is the right the pacing mm-hmm. of the reveals in this film are so good yeah you gotta kind of stick with this thing to figure out right. what's going yeah. on, and the payoffs are really nice, and the reveals are great. Yeah, you know, it just doesn't spill her guts immediately. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I love that it's almost like a mystery film yeah. in a way, but it's like hiding itself as a mystery film. So it's like, yeah, you're just kind of finding things out as yeah. Ethan Hawke finds them out. You're just kind of you know going through his journey. Um, but yeah, she, she her husband needs help, so he agrees to meet with her after lunch, and that's when they uh, he has. A conversation with her with her husband he would like he would like tea rather than coffee so um I don't, real quick everything <laughs> ethan i don't know just every line he delivers is just perfection to me in this movie uh, just something He's so a, real yeah and again just his narration He's his polite. perfection He's and then yeah. says the right thing right he doesn't his he he speaks only the words that need to be spoken right yeah his delivery is just Amazing. There's no extra. There's no yeah. fluff. There's no every, everything is just sort of to the point. Right. And yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah I agree. I know. Surprising. So they have this conversation, um, and which I didn't expect. Yeah, I didn't know what this movie was gonna be about. Right. But I didn't think it'd be about this. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it touches on religion, but I think it more so touches on yeah, like eco uh, activism. Philip Ediger, the actor who plays Michael, and is okay. Amanda Seyfried's husband, who yeah. I think turns in a fantastic yeah. performance. Where the in little this scene. yeah, the little time he. I has. don't think he's in a lot of things, but yeah. he is great in this. Basically, we learned that Amanda Seyfried is is pregnant. pregnant. Yep. And he's like an environmental activist who spent a little bit of time in prison for going a little too far. Right. He's back home. He's sort of lost. He's not really finding a job. Just doesn't know what to do with himself. And yeah. they're in their house. And he's got the global warming clock. Right. He's got charts, graphs, pictures, all kinds of stuff. He's a little bit overboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's and extreme. I, yeah. And I start to think as I'm watching this, he is has sort of found his own sort of religion. Yeah. It's not God, but maybe it's nature. Or he's found a cause that he believes in that's not that different from religion. Right. Right? Would you sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's going to sway him from what he... It it becomes almost irrational. Right. Right? Now, that claims that, you know, science says this and that, and, you know, great, you know, but it's beyond that. Right. Yeah. He's he's taking it to, like, zealotry. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I think yeah. they sort of then they start conflicting. Yeah, they, they definitely start arguing. Start yeah, and uh, and Ethan Hawke's internal monologue is like, "This is exhilarating." Yeah, he loves and the arguments are actually quite. Yeah, good. I forget what exactly he says there, but yeah, I love when he says how it's exhilarating. Like I didn't know what to say to him, or you know, I didn't know how to respond. But yeah, it's exhilarating. You know, it's, it's great. But yeah, just what he's bringing up about just like you know, do you? Feel, I don't feel right about bringing a child into this into this world where you know, in fifty years from now, you know, it, we're gonna have martial law and because of all these uh, disasters that are going to happen yeah. all the time and and I thought Ethan Hawke's point was well if you know people, you're not the only one who's ever thought of this 
And if everyone thought that way, no one would ever be born and we'd all die. Right. Which is good. And then he makes another point that I, don't, I haven't quite thought of, which was something about wisdom. I've heard, yeah. the, I, I've, heard the, I've heard the idea of holding two conflicting ideas at the same time, but the way he... The way it gets worked into this movie yeah. was, it actually it's okay to feel despair. Yeah, you you but you also it, it's not there's nothing wrong with that. But you need hope, right? You actually the way you he, become a complete person is to have both at the same right. time, right? Yeah, not just the despair. He says life without despair is a life without hope. Yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah, there's it's just yeah the way that was delivered and I never just heard the way that phrase in that way in. Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's so brilliant um and it, you know it makes sense and you know what what michael's saying he makes wants sense. to have an abortion yeah he wants to have an abortion so you like you get why he feels so down about this but like when you get someone with these like mental issues and like you know has you know depression or whatever and Ethan looks like you're him, missing the point right here. yeah exactly yeah it's uh it's not what life's about right but at the same time, you, you you understand Michael, you understand Ethan, and Ethan's like saying all the right things. Yeah. You know, he's saying basically, but it's not clicking. It's not clicking, but at the same time, obviously, it's it's instilling something in in Ethan Hawke. You know, it's in, I, I keep saying his name, I can't remember Toller. his Toller. <laughs> he becomes affected by right. this this interact well deeply because he can't quite reach this kid. Right, and he changes the meeting location. Michael does, and it's funny because Ethan. Reverend Toller still has a flip phone. Yeah. yeah I, just, I love that. Because that just shows how austere he is. Right. He doesn't indulge himself in anything other than liquor, right. as far yeah. as I can tell. Yeah. I mean, he's eating toast with... He, he pours himself a bowl of bourbon and dips toast yeah. into it. That's I was the, wondering most, what's, the strangest thing I've ever seen. Well, kind of reminded me of what Travel, Travis Bickle would eat, you know? Just oh, like yeah. weird stuff like that, yeah. Oh, um, man. Obviously, he's this is a raging Paul, Paul Schrader thing. <laughs> uh, urinating blood. Yeah. I mean, stomach pains. Yeah, so obviously he's yeah. When you say he's dying, yeah, because I and then at one point he brings up like I first you know saw the warning sign six months ago and he still hasn't done anything about it. But also I think it parallels on you know how they're bringing up how the you know people are destroying the earth and you know aren't doing anything about it. He's destroying you know continues to destroy his body. He's not doing anything about it. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's right in front of him. So it's like if you're not going to you know help yourself how are you going to help the world you know how are you going to help the world change you know? i could not agree more i was thinking the exact yeah. same thing there's definite parallel there between the body right. and the earth yeah. right yeah and absolutely. you need to be a good steward of both could- he's failing on taking care of himself right yeah, yeah how um, can you lecture people to take care of some massive thing right that we don't even know how to fix because that's when you get into the the scene with him and amanda seyfried and and when they're laying to e- on each other and like breathing deeply and then they kind of float in the air and then you go through and you see beautiful life and yeah. you know, nature and everything, and then it's ooh, here's all the darkness on the earth that's now you know become the earth is tires everywhere and the landfills and just the disgustingness that's yeah. in the earth now, and that's kind of what he's done to himself, you know, just not just physically he's polluted his own body exactly, even you know mentally and everything, you know, him and his wife couldn't work things out because their son died, and he's just you know continues to to do this something that should be beautiful like this two human Two humans connecting right. should be beautiful, you know, beautiful, organic, just it's busted, full of it's life, broken, and it's yeah. it's broken exactly because um, that's again they while they're laying they show you know it's like a paradise that he that Paul Schrader showing us at first and then it's yeah again just the, all the pollution on the earth so yeah there's definitely parallels there with the body like and earth you know so um, I, I don't at first it become it starts to feel like a political environmental film. And it does go that way, but I don't think that's actually the point. Right. I think it's more of a symbol for a, a lost world, a sick world. Mm-hmm. The one that Travis Bickle lived in. Right. The one that yeah. needed a, a a real rain to yeah. wash it all away. Someday a real rain will come and wash all the scum off the streets. Like a flood. Yeah. And <laughs> Ethan Hawke, when he's talking to the reverend, they're, they have this exact conversation, yeah. and I'm thinking about this because they're like, "Well, what's God's plan? I don't know." And Ethan Hawke's like, "Well, he's not going to destroy the earth." And and then the, uh, Cedric the Entertainer says, "Well, he did for forty days and forty nights, yeah, referring back before. to the earth to the flood." Yeah. And I just thinking of that now. That's a bigger point. It's not about environmentalism, right? 
it's about people corrupting the earth. May, it could be anything, right? right yeah. It could be any. It just happens to be the most obvious thing, which right. is pollution, and it makes a good analogy for what he's doing to his own body. How do you react to all that? But you don't really know the answer, and right. that's the problem. That- yeah, I mean, Ethan Hawke kind of becomes Michael because even Michael asks him, asks him, "Can God forgive us?" And then Ethan Hawke says, oh, no one can know the mind of God. And Ethan Hawke doesn't even know what to say. And then Ethan Hawke starts bringing up this question to Cedric and, yeah. and the the corporate guy, um, boss, whatever his name is. Um, Ed Belk. I don't know Ed Belk, yeah, that. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, he brings up that question to them, too. Like, can God forgive us of what, what we're doing you know, to the earth? So it's... Well, in that same way that you know, we talked about that twenty two hundred fiftieth year uh, commemoration in that church is going to be the mayor, the Reverend Ed Belk. Right, he is literal pollution into God's place. Right, yeah, into the church. Yeah, it's like it's like pouring a ooh a bit yeah, of oil so, so, into your like clean bed sheets. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you know? you're gonna put him front and center. See, I mean, I I wouldn't want to say Toller is playing god here but yeah he wants to he wants to be the destroy rain. <laughs> the yeah he wants to destroy the people who are destroying the earth you yeah know, they even bring up that that scripture or whatever uh the polluting how, and defiling god right, yeah here. but to bring this all the way back which we were supposed to go Tuller is supposed to meet michael right he's he gets a text it's it becomes yeah it, meet it, me it here change the venue into like sort of a park yeah he's walking in the woods comes on him his head's blown off yep. with a gun he's shot himself yep really sad yeah definitely a lot of sad moments a lot of of emotional moments in this movie for sure yeah it's uh yeah definitely hard to watch hard to deal with ethan hawk is having a hard time with it goes Um, goes to the wife tells her you know breaks the news all the stuff and then i think it's right around here where she says i found something takes him into the garage she finds a suicide vest it's like oof (laughs) <laughs> this guy's serious. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, these then, guys, these environmental guys, just in real life, these environmental guys are serious. Yeah. And they do, st- I don't know if they do suicide bombings, but they do stuff like that. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. And, it, and you could see how, if you get into that mindset, you know, um, you know, think about 2050, all this stuff, the world's going to be a wasteland, I don't want to bring a kid into the world. That becomes your life and death struggle. Right. It's that real for them. Yeah, why should I bring someone into this? Am I a good person for bringing another human into this shithole that I think, you know, this <laughs> yeah, is, exactly. you know, and you know, he's even bringing up scary points, you know, just about how like the earth is going to, you know, it's going to increase three degrees, which in four is the threshold. The scientists said that like, if anything happened before or after 2015, like right. it's too that, late. Yeah. Like, the report came out in 2010 or 11 yeah. said, if something isn't done by 2015, well, we didn't do it. It would be irreversible. So yeah. we're basically yeah. saying the world is doomed. Right. Yeah. There's not even a chance to do anything. Save it now, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's like he's bringing up points. It's like, ooh. He's essentially <laughs> it's scary. saying yeah. we're all dead. Right, yeah. You know? And then when he, yeah, he brings up about how, yeah, just people, this the societal structure today is not set up for being able to deal with these calamities that will befall us all, you know? No. The, the societal structure is not ready for that which he's right i mean if can you imagine if the power grids went out right now what this no. society would do today well i lost three three days of power uh last year during the hurricane and it was, yeah it was really rough. <laughs> it was, i gotta say seriously I, it's i hate to say it it's but tough our society, i don't know what i would have done on day yeah. five to be quite honest with you <laughs> so it's ready to eat <laughs> eat some humans the cat was looking really good <laughs> exactly so, so yeah i mean that's that's a scary thing so i mean he brings up valid points it's just like what 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 we let consume us though you know yeah. what we let consume our minds i mean it, at the same time yeah are we just supposed to just ignore this stuff like someone has to do something just like toller says what well, comes to what do you believe i don't know yeah. and you hope if there is a god out there that he's got some plan right <laughs> yeah. you know? i mean not that not that the, i don't i don't know that the world is, the situation is that bleak but right um yeah, I mean, obviously, we would need to. Ver- I, I mean, I'm, I'm not taking everything no, he know. said in this movie as gospel, but you know. Well, but any any, uh, it doesn't have to be climate change. I guess was kind of what I was hinting at earlier. It could be anything. 
could be we're gonna run out of oil, right? Or yeah. there's <laughs> gonna be a something. It's funny. I was just looking up that the other day about oil. It's, I mean, one day we will. Yeah, because there's only so much. I don't know in when the reserve right now. Technically, I think 2055 or something is right. when we'll run out or something. But. And they might find more yeah, or something. Exactly, but yeah. one day, yeah, it will. It, right. Like it, there is a point. I can't tell you the date, right. but it will happen. Right. And we gotta have something else in the right, wings yeah. otherwise i mean talk about screwed <laughs> i mean everything we do is based on right, oil exactly so, so that's my point i mean even that well there's a conflict there because the environmentalists are against oil so right. and then i'm thinking well, what, well what's the answer here do we all become amish i mean is that is that the answer because that's the only way to right. not pollute is to become amish <laughs> you know i mean what is the so, pur- what is the purpose of you know technology what is the purpose of it all to get us from one place to another, to get us yeah, to, to make be able to communicate, easier, to make to our advance, lives easier, to do something that to, to accomplish something that's in your mind that's not quite real yet, and to yeah. come together and make that. I mean, that's that's kind of our nature. Yeah, but it's that's our, interstellar. That's, that's reaching for the stars. Right. I yeah. Mean, that's that, who that, we are. That's our societal structure. That's just humanity, up. man. I mean, that's is it humanity? I think so. We can't help it. We yeah. can't help it, but tinker with things and make things. Yeah, I mean, we're always going to try to strive, yeah, to get... But why can't we strive for better, like, solar power? And, you know, why Why do we have to go for the... Because it's expensive and it's yeah. hard. I don't know. It might, we might get there. I mean, we're, we have to. <laughs> one the day. human race has to. <laughs> yeah, well, one day. Yeah. That's a problem for future human. Yeah. Not, not today. That's, that's human. That sounds like a problem for future me. Just like, you know, this hang, I met your mother. The, the hangover tomorrow sounds like a problem for future Ben. Not me. Exactly, that's that's not your problem right now. But shouldn't someone well, worry about our grandchildren? They worry, but what do you again? What do you do? I still got to drive to work tomorrow. I mean, do I not drive to work tomorrow, or do I blow right. people I up? Know. You know, I like know. What, what do you? What do you do? I'm I, not doing anything actively to do anything about it. You know, well, what's your level of certainty that by 2050 there won't will all be dead? I mean, is it really that? Michael was quite certain. I mean, a scientist would have to tell me because I'm not going to do the math. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, we could look it up. <laughs> I mean, they might say things. I mean, they. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that scientists are stupid they you know they can be wrong I right guess. that's true yeah. and but that's not really the point here the point right. here is is what do you what's your belief right. and what is what's going on with the world you're living in and how is it being corrupted and they come from two very different places reverend toller and michael but yet they're kind of tapping into right. the same thing the worlds that they are both living in have been corrupted and polluted and they don't know how to deal with it they don't know how to clean it up or fix it one kills himself, and the other starts to kind of come around yeah. to the idea. I mean, I mean, it, for me, it seems like he felt he had no purpose, and now he feels like he has a purpose. Like he found something to fight for, you know. Because you know, I feel like this whole God thing for him has just been a charade. Just like, oh, this is easy. I was in the military. Now I'm just going to be a man of God and do this stuff. But I also, fix the plumbing, you know. So you're saying you don't think his faith is real? Yeah. Okay, see, I think I would differ there, but maybe you're right. But I mean, see, I saw it as a way where he he took it that these people are ruining God's planet, yeah. my God's planet, and here's my way to stop these people from ruining the planet that he created. I don't know if this was the turning point for him. You know, I'm obviously touching on your point. But when when they were in the diner and the one dude, you know, the non Cedric dude, Ed Bulk, <laughs> thank you, number three, he he <laughs> said, so you uh, counseled him, and then he shot himself. Right, that was like, kind of brutal. There. Yeah, but like I think that I don't know if that was like his turning point. Like wow, like made him feel even more guilty, and yeah. like was just like wow, I have to do something now to not avenge his death, but like to honor him or, you know, um, I don't, I, I don't know. Just, I feel like maybe that was a turning point to your point about, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. was his faith shaken that much that he abandoned it? I don't I know. I mean, he brought, Michael brought something out in him that he oh, even said like, you know, this is exhilarating, you know, and I, maybe that corrupted his own faith. We're right. talking about corruption. Yeah. yeah. Cause you think of like, a. My mind is, and I'm sure yours too. And I showed the video of this a suicide vest. You think of like a, like a, a jihadi, right, yeah, Muslim yeah. extremist, yeah, someone that takes a belief system and it gets a little weird, right? right? Yeah, it goes a little too extreme, right? Yeah, a little too far. You're taking <laughs> a lot certain points in, like you know, going to a hundred, right? You know, on them, and that's what I thought happened. But maybe he 
just going to say screw it all? No, I mean, I think he had a meaning. You know, he had meaning to this. You know, he he wanted to do something. He felt like he wasn't doing enough with his reverend work or his priest work or, you know, whatever. Um, I, I just feel like he, again, was searching for meaning and he found it. So to bring this back to Taxi Driver, Travis Bickle finds meaning in the Jodie Foster girl. It's this little 13-year-old prostitute. It's going to kind of save her, right? He goes on a killing spree. Right. doesn't care for his life. What's he going to do? And this is something different, right? The Ethan Hawke character, he's found meaning. In a, I don't know if he's quite gotten there. He doesn't really know what to do. Right. He's connected with the Amanda Seyfried character through that sort of thing that they... What do they call it? The magical something ride where they would smoke a joint and then get really close on top of each other. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I forget what she called it exactly, but yeah. They, I almost just want to call it a magic carpet ride because right. that's sort of what it yeah. feels like. Uh, and, and I will... Uh, sorry to no, if ahead. I'm disrupting your point, but I do, just filmmaking-wise, I want to say that I feel like movies... More in the past few years have been not afraid to do this, whereas you know you you go outside of reality, you, yeah. you do that floating scene, and you you know you you float through Earth and everything, just because it shows like the inside of your head, you know the inside right. of your emotions and everything. So it's like it's I, a good thing. Yeah, I, I love I like that movies are doing that more and not being afraid. Like oh, people are just going to think this is. You know oh, oh, they're flying in the air. What is that about? It's like <laughs> I love that movies are not afraid to ask the audience to suspend their disbelief you know i like the artistic value in that so i just wanted to bring that up uh, yeah so he i think he decides that the filth the corruption the pollution in my world i've had enough mm-hmm. and i want to stop it maybe that's the realization here is a man who would not take it anymore if, yeah. you, if you guys haven't seen taxi driver you got to see it and listen to our episode on it because we're gonna we we keep bringing up taxi here, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely um, and maybe that's no. it. He's like, maybe God is in a. Maybe that's the point where the radicalization comes through. We were talking Islamic terror or environmental terror, all this stuff. Is that I can't wait for God. Right. I, I got to do it myself. Right. There's no time. Right. And that's really what it is, yeah. maybe. It's got to be done now. Yeah. And it's got to be done in the most. In a way, will make my statement, you know, very clear. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think how i should word this but do you think that's more noble for him than to try to take care of himself and take care of his probably what he has his cancer um oh i think they bring up that he has cancer like because yeah. he's, he's not willing he doesn't want to take care of himself it's never been confirmed but we we're pretty sure he's got cancer right the yeah. doctor seems to think he does yeah so it's just like you're you don't want to take care of yourself is he, but is you're he willing becoming- to Try to you know boost someone like maybe if you do this thing you blow up these group of men who are corrupt and everything. When he was talking to Michael, Michael mentioned something about martyrs, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he said some early Christians and, and martyrs that would and... make Reverend Toller a bit of a martyr because right. he's essentially disregarding himself. I mean, in the most truest sense yeah because he won't because yeah he springs up how they're martyrs and because they won't renounce their faith whereas yeah i guess he's technically not renouncing his he's not willing to renounce his faith that's sort of the jihadi thing it's it's martyrdom cedric the entertainer they said you're always everything's so bleak with you right everything is so you make everything so hard you're too hard on yourself you're it's self-destruction and it's true he denies himself everything other than his own misery and booze right the guy doesn't have a couch (laughs) <laughs> you know, he has like this wooden chair where he, you know, does his journal on. Doesn't have a TV, doesn't have a radio. All he's got is a clock that we see a bit. I mean, that's it. I mean, and he's just kind of stewing in his own negativity. Right, yeah. Going through that thing that he has with Amanda Seyfried, he connects with this woman. Right. This pregnant woman mm-hmm. of a man he, who he tried to counsel who killed himself. Right. This was not his plan. No. You know, we talk about God's plan, <laughs> not knowing God's plan. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe this is a little bit of, and as the Cedric the Entertainer said, we don't know what the hell he wants to do. Right, I uh, don't know. I'm not going to pretend to say. And that's the thing, the certainty that that these extremists get. Right. We saw it in Michael. We started to see it in Ethan Hawke. The certainty right. about things. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think he falls for this girl, and it's it's not really sure 
what happens at the end of the movie because we're going to this 250 year celebration thing. He tells her, do not come. Right. I yeah. cannot say this any stronger. <laughs> do not come. Yeah. And then you as the audience are like, oh, fuck, he's going to blow himself <laughs> up. Right? Well, yeah, right away, you know, yeah, he's thinking something. Like something's up that he's telling her not to come. He's so he's adamant. adamant. Yeah. yeah. He's so, yeah, adamant about it. And it's just. Something's up. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he prepares himself. Yeah. He puts on the vest. Yeah. And well, then yeah, she, and then people start gathering to the church. In. You know, She shows up. Yep. After he... Had, right when he's ready to go. Yep. He's ready to go. So what's he going to do? He's just going to walk in and blow himself up? I seemed that way yeah oh my I mean, god yeah. i mean i'm like gonna... nervous i know me too i'm on that this is where i'm at the edge of my seat i'm like <laughs> i have no idea what's gonna happen but yeah when he sees her come up he rips off his robe Freaks out like screams in his robe panic attack yeah just ah oh, such good acting here and uh yeah total panic attack and you have no idea what's gonna happen and then you know then he starts he takes off his his vest and then he starts wrapping himself in barbed wire. Uh, what this, is this? Is I think the Christ crown of thorns. Okay, that's what that's I got. What from, I, yeah. That's what I paralleled it because he found that. We saw him find that in the garden with a dead rabbit or squirrel or yeah. something, and he grabbed the barbed wire. Uh-huh. And yeah, I take this as a crown of thorns. Yeah, instead so of around his like, head, it's around his body. So what was he was? Then he was going to drink the Drano, and then what? Just people would find him then with. The, I think he's like screw it. I'm just going to kill myself. Yeah. I don't think he was going to do it. I think he was going to drink the Drano and die. Then why wrap yourself in barbed wire? Maybe he was doing that for him? like For himself, yeah. Because he's been... It's almost like the cancer was of his own doing, yeah. in a sense. Yeah. He self... He he knew that drinking was bad, and he kept drinking. You're, like, causing it, right. in a way. Well, and also that you saw the symptoms six months in advance, and you didn't do anything. You didn't... Do, do anything about it so I think that kind of he also, literally made himself sick yeah exactly and the, but that also likens it to you know everyone know, knew the warning signs about climate change and all oh, that yeah. and just well, didn't and, do anything about and it and the flood and the flood yeah oh yeah warning you, signs yeah, on that exactly people you they know ignored no, it yeah good call hey, so, deep, hey deep stuff here buddy a lot, of, a lot of parallels right up our alley here <laughs> uh, maybe the barbed wire was his own way of sacrifice again another another form of martyr martyrdom yeah taking Um, physical pain in exchange to to show my devotion my faith right yeah i couldn't imagine drinking drano (sighs) i mean how do you take that as a it's not even a shot that was like a that was like a full glass right (laughs) that ain't going down easy (laughs) yeah not so much and then it's gonna just disintegrate your insights i mean that's not really a good way to go yeah that's uh i would want to go that way no i would uh i don't i would do other means i would just i don't have a preferred way (laughs) yet and i haven't haven't compiled the list but that would not be near the top that wouldn't have made my top five kill yourself list on five Buster mentality yeah not so much Maybe I would drive into a brick wall before that, I think. <laughs> do a lot of things before that. Yeah, that's you bad news. Swallow Drano? Are you kidding me? There's oh. gotta be you gotta have a bottle of pills in there or something that you can just swallow and just fall asleep or something, right? Because it's gonna be bad immediately. Yeah. And it will probably take a few minutes. Oh, I mean, that cool. actually makes me think though, there's gotta be something with the Drano. So he was adamant about fixing the plumbing. I could see that. Yeah, he was using it in the he was, plumbing. Yeah, yeah, he was adamant about fixing the plumbing himself, and then he like pours Drano in the toilet. Is he gonna fix so, his fix his cancer? I don't with know. The Drano? I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe we're reaching, <laughs> but still, yeah. But this is like literally the end. He freaks yeah. out because he sees Amanda Seyfried, and then you got Cedric the Entertainer freaking out because like, oh, where is he? Where Start is the he? Service. Start the service. Yeah. But uh, yeah. she shows up in his apartment just walks in right, right yeah somehow because the door was locked well he, Cedric the Entertainer couldn't get in on the side door and it looked like they showed that she went Put around the one. front and went through another door um, but yeah he's about to drink the Drano he sees her drops the Drano and I like I like that shot of him dumping the, the whiskey before he pours the Drano how about that uh, just before sorry the whiskey with a, a splash the Pepto- of Pepto oh. <laughs> That the the shot of that reminded me of Taxi Driver as yes. well when he puts the Elka Seltzer in. The, I was gonna say this. <laughs> this is where I was going in the Elka. Yeah, so many like Paul Schrader's like oh, I really like Taxi Driver, so let me just write something <laughs> well, wrote similar. It, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, you know, I, that's what I, mean, yeah. I don't see this as a bad thing. 
to me neither. Like it's another to like this character. It's another in a version point. of it. Yeah. yeah, another version. Another yeah. And as we talked about in Taxi Driver, that became a strangely relevant film. Right. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like this is a relevant film. Well, yeah, very relatable. I mean, yeah, definitely. I'm not a pastor. Yeah, or a reverend, right. or whatever. <laughs> and I, I don't know the difference. I'm sorry, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> but I uh, I can empathize. Yeah. I, can understand you know we i feel like we do live in a broken world yeah i don't think things are necessarily getting better yeah they really don't it's just this movie i guess to me uh, they bring up despair a lot and it's like do we are we gonna succumb to that despair or right. are we gonna live on the side of hope you know are we gonna live on the side of all right well there's this despair but hey there's hope still like here's all the negatives yes okay if things go exactly this way by 2050 yes we're screwed but why not look at the bright side? Why not look at the the good side of things, the hopeful side? Like, okay, well, we can tweak this a little. We can do this. We can make progress to make things better on the earth, you know? So it's just like, are we going to succumb to that despair or are we going to succumb to the to the hope side? Yeah, because there's only so much that you as a single person can do. Right, and it's, yeah. It, it, in reality, is very little. Right. I mean, this so, character lost his child, and he tried to counsel this this young guy, and he killed himself, and he's done. I mean, right. he's emotionally He already spent. lost a son, you know, and he's, yeah. He, I feel like he's a good man. Right, That Definitely. is just struggling, 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 and he sort of like, uh, I want to say enjoy is the wrong word, but he... Gets he stays in the struggle. Right. He doesn't want to get out of it. Yeah, he stays in the that pain despair. Is, I don't know if you ever seen um, the Da Vinci Code, the first one. The first one I saw. Yeah. The guy that whips himself. Yep. yep. That's what reminds me of. That's yeah. what reminds me of the the uh, the fence, the uh, barbed wire, yeah. almost that self like flagellation. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, he feels guilty for his son sending him into war. That's that, raging bull, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To take the punches yeah. for your sins. Take the punches, absolutely. That's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. So Paul Schrader definitely touches on that. God but yeah, damn. to, to for his so son. So is Raging his, Bull a religious movie in a way? Yeah, I'm sure. In yeah. that sense, yeah. or you take the physical. We should probably because we did that in our first episode. <laughs> Maybe we should do Raging Bull again, like, and see what we rediscovered about it. Maybe we should do movies like every <laughs> Re- so often redo. and like re- rediscover them and be like, all right, well, what didn't we talk about here? But yeah, that's true. But yeah, maybe with him losing his son, you know, it's yeah. uh, that's painful and like he feels guilt over that because he, you know, kind of encouraged him for didn't that. Didn't cause him to lose his faith then. No, didn't. But well, then, I don't know if he ever really but did. Th- lose but his then faith. now again, I think the thing with Ed Balk. <laughs> <laughs> the, did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, I got it right. This Way to go, Ben <laughs> Fourth With time, him. fifth time. So time. he felt guilty about his son, and then Ed Bulk, I think, was the turning point of him feeling guilty over Michael. Well, this guy you just counseled too much this to man. <laughs> you, you counseled this man, and then he killed himself. So it's like, so that was just for me. Was just like kind of the final straw for him there. That sentence was so devastating. Which oh, when he said like oh, so you counseled him and then he shot himself. Yeah, it's, I, I hate that guy. It was like a uh, literally true statement, but mm-hmm. the worst thing you could say. I mean, yeah, it, it like, wasn't a, a it wasn't a lie. Like yeah, you're it. donating this money to the, to the church to make you look good, but your company is destroying the earth. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, but yeah, Insane. what a film, man. Uh, but yeah, so did we? Did one we of the really say what happened here at the end. So oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go he ahead. puts the Drano down goes and gets Amanda Seyfried they hug they have this long circling camera kiss yep. make out and then the total, movie ends total make out sesh bro they were yeah <laughs> now she's much younger than him by yeah. 15 years yeah probably and now did this happen is my question what makes you think it didn't just curious did he just swallow the Drano and this is Everything just kind of what he imagined is, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Um. To me, I didn't get that. I can see. I like that. I like that theory. Um, it's not even a theory. Just no. I know. But for me, I felt like it. It happened. Well, what happens here? They what be together? I mean, can you see that? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, why? What's next for what's, these people? He's got a baby. The baby's coming, and he's right. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he can 
bring good with that child. You know, he definitely. You, well, it's hopeful, right? Right. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. There's some hope. The despair. The, no, he was really without sh- despair. There can be no hope. I felt like yes, exactly. The uh, abortion thing is a is a touchy one for sure. Right. I mean, yeah. That's a we don't do politics here, but I, I felt like, and I think I touched on this earlier. His reasoning for keeping the baby, I thought, was quite strong. What did he say? Uh, it was something about, I think it was the hope and despair. Oh, right, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to hold the two together. Otherwise, you're not right. you're not seeing the world correctly. Well, and he took an interesting side that you wouldn't think a priest would say. It's like, it's, you know, it's her decision. Like, he almost like brought up, like, how it's her decision. Like, right, you know, that like, too, like, yeah. A, a priest would, wouldn't seem to be pro-choice, but I, I <laughs> it seemed like, like he was that way. I'm, like, forgetting the exact dialogue, yeah. but I thought it was quite persuasive. Right, And it yeah. wasn't from a, tradi- yeah, like you're saying, it wasn't from a tra- what you would think of to be a religious argument. Right, exactly. Exactly. It yeah. was lo- it was logical. Yeah, in its own way. But yeah, I guess I I didn't make that parallel that she's pregnant. So yeah, I mean there is that that hope like the the it, new the this new generation can bring up you yeah. know, the good in things. Kind of like the Lion King, you know they, they it br- <laughs> well is she the hope and Michael was the despair and they're the polar opposites. Yeah, yeah. And you, the hope died and the or yeah. I'm sorry the despair died and the hope is alive and he's gonna like I don't know fill that or right, something. Yeah. No, that's that 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 line. Yeah, I think is the kind of catalyst. It's of the a whole seesaw movie. there. Yeah. yeah, the whole movie is a seesaw between hope and despair. Right. Michael just offed himself. He was despair. Right. Uh, and then Amanda Seyfried, she was she the was, hope. Yeah, she, she was it's still rebirth, willing it's to creation. go creation. This idea of creation right. gets brought up a lot, and I couldn't quite figure out what he meant by it all the time. Right. Yeah. Oh, there was that one beautiful scene where he's off in the that polluted area on the sunset oh with the purple sky yeah yeah oh i love that yeah. shot that's so awesome it's it reminds me of that one where you mentioned the sicario when they're oh right where you, yeah you sunset. see they're like silhouettes or whatever yeah, yeah. it's so cool yeah, yeah i love those shots so cool. it almost seemed like the way they filmed it like it just seemed like paul schrader was like they were like just on the set that day and they were just like paul schrader was like now turn the camera on turn <laughs> <Yeah>. the camera on <laughs> Like it like that wasn't even necessary, but I'm so glad it was in there. Uh, I saw a little featurette by him, which uh, after I after I saw it made total sense. Is that every scene in this movie? There aren't a lot of tracking shots. There's not a lot of panning. There's not a lot of zooming. Every every scene is composed already. I mean, you're just watching. When the camera goes to what you're seeing, it doesn't move generally. Right. Yeah, and that's true. And it, l- it's a composition, and the character, you know. It, Interacts with something that's already set. He's sitting here. He stands up. Whatever. Right. There's not a lot of motion going on. It's interesting. You know, it's not like a Kubrick thing where someone's walking. Or, right. You know that kind of deal. Uh, but I thought it was just great. Yeah, absolutely. When when there's a lot of, just like in Taxi Driver, you see everything. You know, from Travis's point of view, you see everything basically from Ethan Hawke's point of view here. Everything. Every scene is him. Yeah. You know, it's every every scene. The, there was that one scene where he's bringing in the the uh, children. With the field trip, and he's showing the underground underground railroad. railroad. That almost seemed like a sidetrack, but I feel like there's something there because that that scene just came out of nowhere, and then just they they went to another scene. I don't know if that was just to show him. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think what that might. Yeah, I'm grasping for a meaning here. Yeah, I know. I I, for some reason that just stood out to me. Just I was like, wait, that's got to mean something. Unless it's to show that his same connection that he hasn't disconnected from his faith in the church. Yeah, he's gone wonky. Right, but he hasn't abandoned it. Right, he can still interact in the world. Right, like he still. I think in the beginning or earlier in the film, they say the children love you. Right, and we see that in him. So he hasn't lost. He hasn't become inhuman. Right, he hasn't gone nutso like a total terrorist you know what i'm trying to say yeah no definitely yeah so yeah you you get to see the more human side of yeah, him so maybe that's just, all it is it yeah. was a really nice scene i like it too yeah <laughs> i mean I, I again every like just the way his delivery again was just so much it kind of it, it like i liken it to Fan, phantom thread with daniel day lewis daniel day lewis didn't do anything crazy acting wise but just something about like his subtleness in that and yeah. just like I was just mesmerized no, the whole time. Like, um, no, just, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm sure there's other better comparisons out there, but yeah. I should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, there's some dispute of when this movie came out. Some say 2017, yeah. others say 2018. But I, I think don't it's, know when this was released. I think it's technic- technically for 2018 award oh, season, so okay. I think it, it yeah. It, well, it, that's it better 
get nominated for something. Yeah, because Golden Globes came out, didn't get nominated for anything, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the Critics' Choice and SAG Awards will already be out after this comes out. But... I think on IMDb it's 2017. So uh, Yeah, and IMDb it's 2017, but it's definitely it for 20... Trust me, it's... Okay. Trust me, dude. Okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it'll definitely be for those awards, and then I, the the whole uh, circle. I don't know if what it was alcohol, not Alcoholics Anonymous, but it was something like that. But he was sitting around the circle with those teenagers. Yeah. Um, uh, to me, the big thing I got out of that was the idea of prayer. Yeah. And, oh, that's not the only thing I got out of it. Well, for them, it was the idea that prayer is very easy. We're in this big church. We're in this you know larger than life thing. Everything is positive. Everything is happy. But that's not the only thing I got out of that. Because he has a conversation with Cesar the Entertainer, the Reverend there. And it's about how every everybody in the because the, the kid kind of spouts off against Reverend Toller. Yeah. Saying and like, he's Jesus like, didn't turn the other cheek. Right. And uh and what Cedric the Entertainer tells him, I'm glad you brought this up. He's like, the world is so sick, taxi driver, hello. Yep. <laughs> That everyone has become radicalized. Right. Even yeah. the kids. Everyone's under so much pressure. And that's why, just to bring this back a little bit further, that this isn't just about climate change. Right. It's more of a metaphor for general corruption and pollution into the world. Right. Yeah. That's the most obvious thing, right? They have that super fun site where there's these, you know, awful pollution and boats, whatever the heck is going right, on over yeah. there. But that's the idea. That's the main idea. The world has become so corrupted that people are going nuts. Right, yeah. Yeah, and they even bring up like how kids today are just like could you everything is so yeah. serious and so like terrible. And uh yeah, he even brings up like uh you 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 don't know about bringing up a kid and then like Ethan Hawks like I did bring up a kid and like he's starting to that's the first moment of him getting like a little bitter towards yeah, yeah. Cedric. Um, but yeah, though no, that's a good point. Yeah, everything is just corrupt. Yeah, like you said, it's not a, just about nature and in. That was the a great way to, and, to explain it or yeah. to make it real to all right. of us. But that's not necessarily the point, right? You know, yeah. it's just a, a good uh, a good metaphor. Yeah, definitely. It's beyond. It, it's a corruption of the soul, right? It's yeah, a pollution of your of your mind and right. your soul. Yeah, it's just and then yeah, what do we what do we do to fix it? You know, I don't know <laughs> exactly. No, I know. Well, he yeah. thinks he's gonna blow himself. Up. He briefly thinks I'm gonna blow myself up on right. this freaking suicide yeah. vest. I mean, but so yeah, I guess that maybe when he sees her, hope. he drops the drain. Oh, he sees the hope. She is. Yeah, yeah. She's like, literally hope embodied. Yeah, like yeah. No one else was here to you know. Oh, that's to it. To see me. That's got to be it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hope. Great. She, yeah, Amanda Seyfried is the hope in this movie. He started to become the despair. Michael is the despair in this right. movie. Right, and but, then he started becoming the Michael despair. Right, yeah. And then somehow he snaps out of it. Paul Schrader, man. Great he, stuff. He's, he's in his 70s. Imagine and this guy wrote The Canyons <laughs> and directed it. <laughs> uh, Lindsay Lohan, man. I mean, she's making a comeback. She sure is. <laughs> do you uh, do you have anything else on this movie? I don't. Yeah, uh, but, but I really liked it. I'm glad uh, you finally saw it. I'm glad man. you made me see it by yeah. scheduling this show. I really no, I really am. Yeah, Dev, I really hope it gets. Again, Ethan Hawke is a reverend. I don't want to watch. I, I know. That. I at least I really hope uh, Ethan Hawke gets some recognition for this, just even a nomination, just because for me he's the performance of the year for me so far. That's really um, good. of what everything I've seen. Obviously, I still have a few th- more things to see, but yeah. For so far, he's the performance of the year. Um, do we ready for a rating? Yeah, you go ahead. All right. Um, I get again. This is movie. I love Paul Schrader. Taxi Drivers in my top three movies of all time. Sometimes it's my number one. Um, <laughs> I give this thing four stars yeah. and uh, uh, buckets of. I give it one and a half buckets of popcorn just because it's not an easy movie just to sit down and put on and and watch. Uh, the mystery of it, I guess, makes it a little more entertaining. But yeah, one and a half buckets of popcorn. But yeah, four stars, man. This is uh, four out of five stars. It's it's outstanding. And the more we talk about it, I might even bump. <laughs> I might I might even bump it up a half more star. But yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite movies of the year so far in 2018. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, maybe it's just you and I that this movie happens because we love. Uh, we obviously love Scorsese. We obviously both love Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, who is written by this man. Right, yeah. Uh, well, obviously by well De Niro and Scorsese. I didn't put on both of those. Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe co-written. I don't know. But yeah. 
this is in our wheelhouse. Absolutely. I mean, this is the character <laughs> that we love. This is the thing that speaks to us. 30, 42 years later from yeah. Taxi Driver. <laughs> and maybe this will become the the archetype. Yeah. Um, going forward, maybe this will be the... I don't know the the Ulysses, the right, yeah. the Achilles, the the man on a quest, sure. or the man trying to figure out the world. You know, there's something. This isn't. This is becoming a a, a certain kind of character right. who's feeling like the world around him has gone nuts, and he doesn't really know what to do with it. And he sort of finds his way around. He stumbles a bit, but figures out a way at the end. Finds that hope. And the Jodie Foster character, maybe she was the hope right. versus the despair. Ooh, the despair yeah. Was yeah, that's the, a good point. Yeah. The, I don't know what, but anyway, I don't want to go get too into that. But anyways, I, just to get cut to the chase, four stars, two buckets of popcorn. I think this is a fantastic film. I'm feeling like this is going to – this one is more not a 2018 movie. This is a movie that I'm going to say – is a really good one for a long period of yeah, time. No, yeah, no, definitely. It's a, not just good for 2018. Yeah, yeah, this is just a great film. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. and there's so much to pick apart. I'm sure we could go on and on. You know, yeah, I mean, we're it. we're kind of just spitballing through this episode. Yeah. I had sparse notes. Actually, I saw this one on an airplane. Ooh, and uh, I hate flying, but I was still engaged in yeah. this movie. I really liked it. And. Uh, what, so Ethan Hawke performance wise are you fantastic and I don't didn't care to, I mean I, I I liked him like I said I liked him at the top uh, right. at the top I said I liked him in Boyhood and uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead but I'm not a fan of his right, at all yeah. I'm not a fan of anyone that was really in this movie per se I thought the direction and the writing was just outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm so glad we we broke this down because... This is already one of the best movies of the year. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where this falls in our top 10 of 2018. Absolutely. Um, Where can they follow you on Twitter, Dave? You can find me at the Dave, the underscore, and the quist. (laughs) You can follow me at BCCord in our... Uh, show's Blockbuster Mentality. <laughs> Our show's Twitter is at BlockbusterCast. Can we end the show Yeah, now? we'll end the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Review us. Rate us. All that. For Dave, I'm Ben Secord. And as always, grab some popcorn. Grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys. Out of the movie.